Now here we are with episode 7 of the Fight Twins podcast, brought to you by Triad Promotions and UFL TV. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Phil Campbell, who is the commentator for Brave Fighting Federation. We'll have Phil on with us in a couple of seconds right now. We're just going to give him a call. Hi there, Phil. What's happening, buddy? You all good? Everything's great, brother. How's things? How's things with you? Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. And how are you fine? How are you spending your time right now in quarantine, isolation? Yeah, I'm not lying. I am bored off my nuts. Um, I'm eating too much. Um, I'm probably drinking a wee bit too much. Um, but I'm trying to get workouts in. I'm, I've, uh, I've an exercise bike and um, a kettlebell, and I'm, I'm trying to swing those about as much as I can. That's fantastic. At least you're trying to make a positive out of a very negative situation. What's your take on all of this right now, this situation uh, with the coronavirus and how it's how it's obviously forced all the gyms and the events and everything to close down? Because obviously you're, you're uh, an announcer and a commentator for a very large organization, Brave Combat Federation. What do you think about the situation and how is it, how is it affecting martial arts, would you say, right now? Well, for, from, from a purely personal point of view um it's uh, you know obviously I'm, I'm a commentator with uh, brave combat federation so we had a number of shows scheduled so there's the loss of income there for myself because that's my primary source of income is uh commentary um so it's, it is difficult it is difficult um and as a practitioner of martial arts um it's also very difficult because five or six nights a week or five or six days a week I would have been going to the gym to, to train with guys, um, to coach our beginners, to train with our guys um, at IFS Belfast. So it is difficult and it's um, it's a massive adjustment. Um, on the professional side of things, I've had this conversation with a few people. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for the younger pros, guys that are really kind of, you know, the type of guys you see at a show that develop and get that little bit better after every fight. If they don't have that time to get onto the mats um, and progress, I think it's almost stunting the development of... Uh, of younger pros within our community absolutely i absolutely agree um because obviously it's we're spoiled for choice here in the uk and ireland uh we have so many events on on a weekly basis and it's just such a shame to see everything come to a stop like that because like you said there is there's a lot of young hungry professionals uh in this country and they're they're looking to get as much experience as possible um and, and right now obviously that's not happening um yeah it's 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 a sad situation you know is there any you know i know obviously it's it's a very negative situation but in the light of this have you do you think that there's there's any positives that you can take from this like for example you know obviously spending more time you know thinking and evaluating and spending time with family and friends and and stuff like that what would you say are the positives that have come from this there's, 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 there's obviously there, there are the elements of you know spending time, spending time with your family. Like I live alone, so I'm not spending time with my family. I'm a little bit separated from my family. But for people that have family around them, um, it's also giving people a chance to sort of enjoy being in each other's company again. I think, and something that, that I have noticed, I've noticed people actually being a little bit nicer to one another. Yeah. Um, when you ha- when you see when you're going out and you have to queue for your shopping and everything. I'm noticing people are engaging more with one another. People are being more accommodating to one another. So I hope that's something 
that uh, that kind of continues. We're we're looking after the elderly people in our community. We know we're checking in on our elderly neighbours, seeing if they need anything. We're providing them with perhaps maybe a little bit more social time than they're used to having. So there are elements that, that I hope will be continued post pandemic. Absolutely, I agree. I, I've noticed myself that people we're a lot more uh, patient with each other right now. We're yeah. more cooperative and we're willing to you know go that extra mile for people that we've never met before which is it's really good you know there, there is a lot of people that are trying to you know go that extra mile and make a difference for yeah. other people which is fantastic um you as know I, as, I, as i say i hope it's something that continues post-pandemic i hope that you know and maybe ushers in a, a new era of perhaps a little bit more humility um, between people Absolutely. I think we're going through a big change uh, and I think you'll agree and I absolutely agree with what you're saying and I hope for the same that after all this is finished, I hope that this is it's a permanent change in, in the right direction um, because obviously before all this uh, kind of kicked off, you know, it, the world was becoming kind of like a strange place. You know, there was a lot of a lot of things happening uh, all over the world and uh, there was a lot of changes and a lot of uh, controversial things that were taking place that were you know they were yeah. people were starting to real question stuff so i just i feel like it was everything came to you know everything came to one big con- uh, kind of uh, conclusion where now we've got this this coronavirus so now we're 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 stuck in a situation where we kind of have to depend on each other we kind of have to rely on our government we have to trust our government we have to yeah. trust each other we have to trust our local police so it's a situation where you know we 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 all have to kind of come together as a family and we have it's rebuilding our trust for one another and for the institution and government uh, alike so it's it's kind of building the trust back between the people and the government and stuff like that and the authorities which i think it's it can only be a good thing for the future you know yeah i, I agree man and i think i think what's happened is we we've socially as as a society a modern society we've had it too good for too long if you think about it you know the work and and there are there are obviously anomalies but we're, we're joining the greatest level of prosperity and employment's relatively low people are people are doing okay by and large and i think that's when you've seen that's why people are complaining about stupid things and you're having the the left versus the right over the most idiotic fucking things but now with the the pandemic it's caused everybody to maybe sit down take a little bit of stock of what's genuinely important and, and think about what we can do together as opposed to what we're doing separately absolutely i absolutely i couldn't agree anymore with you so you know moving on from that because obviously it's a very relevant topic but it's a little bit negative as well you know so let's moving on from that phil we just want to get a grasp we want the, the listeners to get an idea of of your journey you know where it all began for phil and how have the events led to this point today in your journey where now today obviously you're working as an international commentator for a gigantic uh, organization we just want to know if you can tell us a little bit about the journey where you started in the martial arts and how it's led you to this point uh, right now well um i started this is this is probably going to take a while but um I no problem off, i started off just as a fan of mixed martial arts you're talking in around maybe 2003 2004 do you remember when the ufc used to be on bravo yeah yep. on, on a sunday night so sunday night you would watch you would watch bravo and you knew how long the main event was going to be by how long was left in the broadcast because the it was it was uh, showed so it was broadcast live in the states on a Saturday and then it was broadcast on 
Bravo taped the light on a Sunday. On a so Sunday, you yeah. Long, yep. Yeah, you knew how long it was, the, the main event was going to be by how long was left in the broadcast. So I um, started off as a fan and then um, eventually I found a, a club here uh, in Northern Ireland. Um, I started training. Um, I've been a practitioner for about 10, 11 years um, of mixed martial arts. Absolutely love the sport, love everything to do with the sport. Uh, I'm a former competitor. I used to fight as well. Um, I was lucky enough to hold uh, an Irish national championship um, back in the day when I was considerably smaller, uh, considerably quicker, um, considerably more coordinated. <laughs> so yeah, I used, used, to, used to compete between 66 and 70 uh, kilos, depending on uh, how much time I had to prepare for a fight. Um, and then I, um, I incurred a, had a, a pretty bad knee injury um, and I was still kind of training as much as I could um, and the, an organisation here in the North Clan Wars um, ran by a lovely fellow called Paul McLaughlin It's a they, fantastic um, event Yeah, it was, it was a great show, really, really good show always a really good quad and it's sort of a mainstay in Irish mixed martial arts now and I was watching, just watching old fights as I do because uh, you know, I'm, I'm a wee bit of a a geek when it comes to that. I love watching fight footage and I love being analytical. I love breaking down fights. And I was watching, just watching fights and they had um, a commentator, uh, Nolo Keith, who's absolutely fantastic. One of the best commentators um, in the world. Nolo Keith does commentary for, for Brave as well. Genuinely just a, a really great commentator. And he was commentating with another guy. And the other guy didn't seem to know a lot about the sport. So I messaged the, the promoter Paul and was like, listen, let me do your next show. Let me do it for free. Let me see how we go. I just think I could do a good job and I think myself and Noel could work really well together because Noel had previously commented on some of my fights and he's a great ring announcer as well. So I, I knew Noel from the sort of MMA community. So I did uh, did my first show with Clamwars. Um, it went great. This is maybe about three years ago. Did my first show with uh, Clamwars. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved the, the, the buzz. Loved getting in touch with the fighters, doing my research. Loved uh, calling the fights with Noel, um, and then about a year after that, um, I got uh, a Facebook message from from Brave, and I thought this was absolute. You know, this was somebody just taking a piss. I thought this was maybe one of my mates just having a laugh. But uh, someone from Brave messaged me on Facebook um, on a week's notice and asked me if I would come out and do a show in Abu Dhabi with them. And I've been, I haven't missed a show since. That was September 2018. So I'm still I'm still relatively young in my commentary career. I've only been doing it a little over three years, um, and without sounding conceited, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of what I've managed to accomplish so far. Yeah, you've done a fantastic job. That it seems like such a great story, you know, from where you started to where you have kind of end up. It's, it almost sounds like it's all kind of happened really quickly for you. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. As I, as I say, um, I be, I began training in mixed martial arts 10, 11 years ago. Never had any intention of competing. Uh, competed, absolutely loved it. Then suffered a, suffered an injury, um, and then because I would always I, as I'm, I, I started off as a fan primarily, so I would always be watching fights. And do you ever sit around with a group of mates watching the UFC or something, and then you say something, and then Joe Rogan says it? Yes. It's one of the best fucking moments of your life. You're like, holy fuck, I must really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So I would be sitting with my mates and I would be commentating, I would, I'd be seeing things, I'd be seeing positions, I'd be sort of saying what a fighter would need to do to advance or progress uh, in his position and, and then Joe Rogan was saying these things and I was like, fuck, maybe maybe I kind of half know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I, mixed martial arts is really, apart from Batman, 
It's probably the only thing I have an in-depth knowledge about, and it's one of the few things that I'm very confident talking about. So it just became a natural fit to sit beside somebody who's now one of my best friends, Noel Keith, um, and talk shit about fights. The only difference between watching a fight at home and doing it in commentary is you can't say fuck. Yeah. Apart from that, apart from that, we, you know, have a great time talking about fights. Absolutely, that's such a cool story. It's amazing how you you've ended up at that point, and it's funny. It's interesting how you're saying it was very organic because you were sitting with your friends doing that anyway, and then that ended up being something that you're doing as a job, which is that's so cool because that you know you need to things manifest and become reality through through thoughts and through you know doing things. Uh, it's funny how later on in life you look back and you real you, you look at the roots and you look at how you actually got to that point and you 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 realize that it was actually through very simple kind of means it was through very kind of humble beginnings with just kind of chilling with friends watching actual events and commentating at the events and then you're then you actually become one you know i think i just think that's that's beautiful it's amazing you know that's fantastic I've been to, to, to places that I wouldn't even conceive of going, you know, of my own volition. You know, I, the where commentary has taken me and where mixed martial arts has taken me has been absolutely wide. Like, I've called two shows in South Africa. I called a show in Kyrgyzstan. I've been to Bahrain twice. I've been to Abu Dhabi twice. I've, I've been to the Philippines calling fights. It's, it's been a crazy ride so far. Did you... Um, it's, it, do, sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off. I was just going to ask because it popped in my mind there. Did you call the Brave event that was in Lahore, Pakistan? I did indeed. That was my second um, Brave. Uh, my first Brave was Brave 16 um, in Abu Dhabi and then Lahore, Pakistan was October 2018. Yeah. How did um, you find Pakistan? Uh, Pakistan was amazing, man. Again, it's... Um, somewhere that I wouldn't even conceive of, of, of going but um, I went there and because it's because it's a region that hadn't had a big show they had some some really solid grassroots domestic shows but they had never had um, an international show uh, come to Lahore um, and the, the the love and passion and, and thirst for global mixed martial arts for a big show was evident and it was a it was a, a packed venue the crowd were crazy um, really well educated on the sport you know they, they knew what was going on so you could tell when somebody was in half guard and maybe transitioned into minor transitioned into side control they knew that that was a pivotal moment uh, in the fight um, and uh, there was some of the fight fortress guys of uh, fight fortress uh, great gym in, uh, in Pakistan um, some of those guys were competing on the show too and it was a fantastic experience yeah there was two ninja choke finishes wasn't there one from Heather Farman and one from uh, Najum Khan there was two Na- Najum Najam Khan, what a story that guy has. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's an unbelievable guy. Had had polio um, as a kid and you, you see him and he's he's walking he's walking with a limp because he has, you know, obviously one leg um, didn't didn't kind of grow in unison with the same muscle mass as the other leg. So you see him walking and he's he's walking with a limp with an outturned foot. Then he gets into the cage and the first thing he does is throw a spinning heel kick. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's pretty incredible. <laughs> he's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was awesome man I have a lot of time for all those guys so yeah it was a really really cool experience and uh, a great show Aiden James fought uh, Franz Malambo on that card too that was a fantastic fight oh wow oh wow so the, the Welsh fighter yeah yeah re- uh, really 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 good guy I think he, he locked in kind of reverse half guard took the back and then um, sunk in a beautiful rear naked choke and, and uh, choked uh, Franz Malambo out so big win for Aiden James on that card 
Yeah, it's, but that, it was a really, really, really fun card. Did you do you remember the Zian Mashwani's bout? I think he he was he was dominating his bout, and then he actually got knocked out right at the end. Yeah. Yes. And there was there was maybe like a minute left in the fight, and he just got caught. Yeah. It was a fantastic fight, though. Yeah, but he's a he's a, a real interesting fighter as well. I like him a lot. Yeah, the the TFF guys, they are such so cool, such a cool group of guys. They're very actually very good friends of ours. Actually, we go over there quite a lot and we train with them and stuff. They're they're really cool guys. We actually help out uh, with like management and stuff like that with some of their guys too. They're, they these guys are definitely going to be producing some names in the near future. They already have uh, Anita Karim, who's in the One Warrior series, and she's doing very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I like. I think they're gonna they're gonna go very far. So yeah, that that Pakistan event was that was pretty amazing. That must have been a crazy experience for you going to Pakistan. <laughs> uh, and I bet you were treated like a king over there. Uh, and uh, what do you think about the food? Oh, mate, the, the, the food was unreal. Like we were, I can't remember the name of uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel, but uh, they obviously for like lunch and dinner we all got together and just so much. Like so much good quality, flavoursome food yeah. uh, was awesome. Man. I had had a, had a great time, and and I know for, I know that Brave has plans to had plans to go back to Pakistan this year, but now I'm not sure what's uh, what's going to happen. Obviously, with the current situation, but it's definitely an area that's been uh, earmarked by Brave as um, as being a, a definite market for ourselves. Yeah, actually, for the last number of years now, like even the UFC, like Dana White, he's said a lot about how. Um, you know, he, he feels like there's a lot of promise for good talent in that region uh, because obviously, yeah, it's very war-torn kind of regions, Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, where uh, even the UFC, like, they they feel like there's going to be a lot of future uh, talent coming from those regions. So definitely it's very smart for Brave to kind of invest in that area and, and, and kind of invest in champions. Because these athletes that come from the subcontinent, a lot of people don't know this. You probably will know this because you're quite knowledgeable in martial arts. Um, there's a strong, strong base and history and tradition of Kushti wrestling, which is basically yeah, identical to freestyle, you know? Yeah. yeah um, when we went to we went to, um, to India, um, I think it was December last year, and there's such a rich... Um, wrestling heritage uh, in India as well and a lot of a lot of, a lot of young guys grow up um, in traditional wrestling and then transition to a martial arts so I don't think people quite know the the depth of uh, the depth of, of, of martial arts heritage uh, in the subcontinent but uh, I think it means that you've got a few guys that are going to be sleepers and that are going to sort of rise to prominence uh, under the radar um, as the, the, as uh, fights progress and as, as mixed martial arts becomes bigger absolutely I've just got another little question popped in my head just a random one when, when we first met you in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah briefly I just want to ask you because I know you were calling that fight as well so Zia Mashwani's fight on that card if you remember it was the main event yeah so yeah he was fighting the Saudi Arabian guy uh, the home guy now I want your honest opinion I don't obviously I don't want you to say anything that might get you in trouble or whatever but what was your honest opinion on that about I, I will always I will always give um, an honest opinion on, on how I call a fight. And um, for me, it was a, a 29, 28 from Mashwani. Um, again, yeah. that's 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 just my opinion. That's just what I saw when I I was watching the fight at the time, and I've watched the fight back, and that's, that's I still believe that. But again, I'm I'm not a judge. I've never taken a seminar or a course um, on judging. So maybe what I'm looking for, as opposed to what judges are looking for, could be different. But initially, I'm um, looking back on it, I thought that was a decision win for Zion. 
Yes, I totally agree with you because we, we were heartbroken with that one. But, you know, he's a good young lad. He's, he's talented and Brave are still giving him more opportunities, which is good. Yeah, and and the, just just something to point out to, to anyone anyone who may be listening. Brave don't, because I've, I've, seen, I've seen a little bit of a bye bag on social media. Brave don't appoint the judges. Commissions appoint judges. So I've, I've seen people saying stuff like, oh, terrible terrible decision from Brave blah 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 blah. but Brave don't appoint judges as commissions who appoint judges so that's an attempt by Brave to keep everything as uh, to keep everything um, as official and non-biased as possible but sometimes judges get it wrong yep yep and you know what that was my first experience with Brave attending a Brave show and I must say I've, I've been to all events I've been all over the world for mixed martial arts shows either with my fighters I manage or attending myself just as a fan and I must say that Brave in the short span that they've been around they are seriously moving forward and really pushing um, their ethos and what they're all about and I really like what they're all about and I'll tell you what people all over the world MMA fans they know what Brave is and they take it very seriously it's one of the top dogs now really and what, the, what, what I love that the Brave do, anytime they go to a new territory, beforehand they will have scouted the, the, the MMA landscape and they will try as much as they can to, to promote local guys, to get local guys on the card, to get local gyms involved and make it more of a, a collaborative effort as opposed to just being the, the, the big MMA show coming in, um, doing a show and leaving again. It's, it's all about leaving an indelible mark on the landscape, whether that be the economic landscape, whether that be the sporting landscape. For example, Brave just opened up um, a gym in Lahore, Pakistan. Yep, Brave yep. ran a gym in Lahore, Pakistan. So that shows just the level of investment and, and how seriously uh, Brave are taking, leaving a mark on the mixed martial arts community globally. Yeah, that's fantastic. What, um, just if you can see in terms of Brave, obviously, as an organization, can you say a few words about Brave um, and like where they, how far they've came basically in such a short space of time, and how where would you rank them? Um, you know, against the UFCs, the Bellators, the One Championships. What what would you where would you kind of rank Brave amongst all of that? I would say that Brave is definitely one of the top organizations in the world. As, as you say, nobody's done, nobody in the mixed martial mixed martial arts community has done what Brave has done in uh, essentially a little over three years. Think of the countries that Brave has gone to. Think of the opportunities that Brave has given um, fighters to compete on uh, a, a global platform. Look at the relationship Brave has with IMAF. The pre- previous two years, um, the international IMAF competitions have been held collaboratively with Brave. So you have the week of international, you have the week of the, the amateur championships uh, culminating with a big Brave event. So, and I think it's, it's the willingness for Brave to work with other mixed martial arts promotions if you look at some of the territories we, we've gone to we've identified who are kind of the movers and shakers of mixed martial arts in that territory we don't come in and say we're going to put on a show to rival you we say we're going to put on a show with you we're going to work collaboratively with you to build mixed martial arts in your local area and i think that's an ethos that is um, entirely original uh, entirely secular to brave as opposed to going in and being the likes of, of, of a ufc that goes in stamps its authority and leaves again we have Brave is creating these collaborative, long-standing relationships that are going to serve the mixed martial arts community globally and locally. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's so cool. It's fantastic. Um, so, Paul, just just going just going back in time a little bit, 
we just want to know uh, for the listeners and for ourselves as well what's what's the biggest influence of your life in, in martial arts and in general you know I want to know what 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 the biggest influences are in your life and I want to know how you grew up what were your kind of what were your interests as a kid you know were you into martial arts movies were you interested in like Bruce Lee Jackie Chan that kind of thing were you did you watch WWF wrestling well, what, how did you grow up as a kid? I was um I was a huge boxing fan as a kid. So we had guys like uh, guys like Wayne McCulloch. You know, Northern Ireland and, and Ireland as an island has a, has a wonderful, rich uh, boxing history. So we had guys like Wayne McCulloch, guys like Barry McGuigan, guys that were uh, guys like Stevie Collins. You know, he's a really really good quality boxer. So I was a big boxing fan. But every major decision in my life can be somehow traced back to Batman. I'm a massive wow. Batman. Wow. I'm a massive Batman fan. Massive Batman fan. Comic books, movies, cartoons, a lot. So, Batman obviously being an expert in martial arts. Yeah. I remember watching. I watched the, the 1992 animated series. Was my first exposure to Batman. And there was one episode where he was in a gate. So this cartoon, Kevin Conroy did the voices. Batman or Bruce Wayne is in a gate. Um, he's doing some stuff, and I think he threw on an armbar on somebody, and I was like, well, "That's pretty cool." So then that kind of ticked something off in my head. Um, when I went to when I went to, to university, I studied criminology and criminal justice. Again, informed by Batman being a master criminologist, um, and um, I discovered the UFC. Pro, as I said to you, about 2003, 2004, I think it was UFC 40 something. Do you remember um, Tito fought Ken Shamrock? Yeah, absolutely. That was, that's one of my first memories of the UFC. I think it was maybe 16, 15 or 16 or so at the time. I discovered that and I thought, what the fuck is this? Because all, all my buddies watch professional wrestling. And I tried to get into it and it wasn't really, it was just, I, I, I could appreciate the athleticism of it. But obviously, you know that what's going on uh, is predetermined and choreographed. So it didn't, I couldn't really feel the passion that I felt as soon as I watched um, the UFC. These guys were, these guys were coming out. Um, to, to big big entrances the fireworks and everything and then they got in and they genuinely beat the shit out of each other yeah. so I thought I thought this is unfucking believable this is something I need to get involved in this is something that's you know when you're watching something and it just makes you feel something you know you can't really put it into words but it just makes you you just develop a connection with it you just feel something about it yeah absolutely and that's, that's how I felt about, uh, about mixed martial arts it's funny how you said that about Batman because for us uh, growing up we used to watch a lot of Batman as well and especially the cartoons where there's an episode where he goes to I think it's Japan and he goes to to go and to fight against uh, this guy that uh, you know disgraced his uh, like trainer or whatever so many years uh-huh. before Bruce Wayne goes to Japan and he the guy does like a deft touch thing where he like touches your the heart and then you just die kind of thing so i remember yeah. i remember he bruce wayne's wearing a gi and he's actually doing japanese jiu-jitsu in japan yeah, yeah. that's that is one of the things that got us actually wearing gis and doing jiu-jitsu as well because we're like that's so cool batman's oh, doing cool, japanese jiu-jitsu <laughs> that's good. No, in, in, fair, in fairness I've, I've only been training in the gi for about a year now right and the gi the gi fucking blows my mind because obviously coming from an mma background it was all no gi because you're you're not competing any gi, so there wasn't a lot. Whilst I was competing as a fighter, there wasn't a lot of point of me to want a gi on because grips and stuff weren't really relevant when you were fighting. But tra- training in a gi is absolutely blowing my mind. See the likes of collar chokes and stuff like that. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's just it's a science of its own, isn't it? 
I really, and it's, it slows it slows it it slows everything right down, so everything becomes a lot more uh, purposeful. Um, Absolutely. In, in, in the gay, I don't think there's there's not a lot of scrambles and stuff going on in the gay. Everything's a lot more done with a lot more purpose, done with a lot more intent. But don't get me wrong, I still I still love rolling about no gay, but uh, the gay fascinates me. Yeah, do you, do you not feel like if you train in the gi a little bit, when you're training no gi all the time and then you switch over to the gi and then you switch back to no gi, do you not feel like it gives you a lot more awareness of different handles and grips? Yeah, I notice the likes of my posture a lot more when um, I'm training no gi now, um, coming out of the gi. So yeah. even things, things, like, uh, things like posture, things like hand position, things like also being a lot more um, aware of my own movement as opposed to just trying to hulk out of something. Yeah. You know, everything's, everything's, a, everything's a lot more calculated, so I, your, your, your gi training, your gi jiu-jitsu really does inform your no gi. Absolutely, it's it's a beautiful martial art, and you know it really should be available for everyone. I feel of all ages and all walks of life, because I really feel it can make a a positive difference, even just for health and uh, well-being, you know, and uh, mental st- stability. You know, it's it's a fantastic martial art. So, Phil, we're we're, we're we're coming towards the end of of the podcast now. It's been fantastic. It's felt like five minutes. Honestly, because uh, it's such, it's so good. Honestly, uh, chatting with you. Honestly, uh, so I'd, what I want, like, kind of like a going away question, would be for me, would be what for people right now who are living in this situation, or even before this pandemic started and after. There's always going to be people who have problems. They've got mental problems that they're going through issues, the d- depression, whatever. You know, they, they've got some self doubt. What's you know a message that you have for these people that that are going through a difficult time? And how do you feel, sorry, how do you feel, in what way do you think martial arts could potentially help these people? You know, these people that are really searching for answers and they're in a lost place and they're questioning themselves and they're doubting everything that they're doing and and their life up to this point. What's your advice to these people and how can martial arts help them? That's that's a a fantastic question, man. And it it, it leads me on to, I'm going to speak a little bit about a past life of mine. Before I was... um, Working professionally in mixed martial arts, I was a um, a drug and alcohol counselor working primarily with young people in the prison system here in Northern Ireland. Wow. So I would have went in. So I would have went into the the likes of Hyde Bank, which is the main juvenile justice centre here in Northern Ireland. So I would have went in and spoke to spoke to guys, um, uh, work with them six weeks before they got released, and then work with them six months post release in the community. Uh, and a massive crux of the work I done with these, obviously, you would do things like. Um, you would do things like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and all, all the, the sort of the, the boogie stuff you would do, all the all the, the kind of intervention work you would do. But one of the one of the soundest ways that I, I find it, to engage with young men and women coming out of the prison system who maybe had substance abuse issues, who maybe had mental health issues, was through martial arts. Was through taking them to IFS Belfast, the gym that I train at. Was taking them there, introducing them to a class getting them involved in something having a positive outlet for for, for some of their stresses and, and energies and not only that but you're also developing a sense of community you know you're you're meeting like-minded individuals you're training with them maybe four or five times a week you see the guy I tra- the guys i train with at my gym i see more than a lot of my family members and there is a genuine sense of community to be built there and the the, the natural endorphins that are being released you know the the, the sense of the sense of accomplishment you get from whether it's it's learning a new submission that you're having difficulty with whether it's learning a striking combination once you have that lockdown it's 
it's such a buzz to be to feel like you've accomplished something that you've learned something that you've you've engaged in a physical endeavor that you might not have felt confident enough to engage with otherwise so i think martial arts can be such a wonderful precursor for one bringing people together creating a sense of community and quite literally beating the shite out of any sort of depression you know you feel better you look better uh, it just i can't speak highly enough of, of the positive impacts that, that joining a martial arts gym, joining a, a jiu-jitsu gym, a boxing gym can have upon your life. Yeah, that, I couldn't have I couldn't have put it better myself. It, it's so true. The the changes that it makes in someone's mentality, their their characteristics, you know, their 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 traits, their daily traits, it just completely changes a person for the good. And it yeah. re- it really should be available for everybody, you know, worldwide. Um, yeah. anybody that's suffering from any mental uh, psychological issues of any kind, you know, they, they should be put immediately into martial. That should be the number one diagnosis from doctors, you know, is martial yeah, arts training. It would be so helpful if, 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 if you know, if, if doctor, if there was some sort of referral pathway for someone to to go to their doctor, and because a, lo- a lot, a lot of, and this, this is this is just my opinion. A lot of depression, uh, especially in and amongst young people comes from their exposure to too much technology, comes from the exposure to just sitting and playing the PlayStation, burying your face in an iPad, um, sitting and watching Netflix all day. Get out and fill your lungs with a little bit of air. Get out and actually speak to people. It not, it's not only good for your, your, your heart, it's not only good for your mind, but it's also good for increasing your social skills. Young people nowadays, I'm 31 years old, and I, I, I consider myself of a different generation to, to young people running around now. And they don't have the social skills that I believe my generation or the generation before me had because of their exposure to these technological advancements, which are great. Everyone loves the iPad. Everyone loves, you know, maybe doing a bit of gaming. But you're not having that face-to-face contact with your peers. And I think joining a martial arts gym or joining any kind of sports club will facilitate that and will make you a more sociable, um, more more approachable, somebody that, that, that actually can engage in social situations for their own benefit. I think sport can do that. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. I couldn't agree anymore and, and very well put, Phil. Um, so that's that's actually the end of the podcast, even though I'd love to keep it going because it just feels like, you know, it's such a natural conversation. Feels like we're just talking to our mate. Yeah, it feels like we're just talking to a friend, you know, about martial arts. That's fantastic. I could spend hours talking to you, but that, bro, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, you know, it's the pleasure is all ours. You know, we really appreciate you giving us time and we would love to have you back on for our video podcast as well which we'll be releasing very soon so if you yeah absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure phil and thank you from the bottom of our hearts just want to thank you so much for coming on today no listen lads i really appreciate you reaching reaching out and um it's it's been great uh, been great crack chat and see i think it's it's always nice to to chat to like-minded individuals who have uh, a passion for our sport so so genuinely thank you so much mate Thank you, Phil, and hopefully we'll be we'll be chatting to you again very, very soon. 100%, man. Speak soon. Thanks yeah. again. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Bye-bye.